The following program was paid for by the Bianchi Law Group, LLC. The views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMTR. As always, it is advisable to consult a professional before making a major decision. Robert A. Bianchi Esquire and David J. Bruno Esquire are New Jersey Supreme Court Certified Criminal Trial Attorneys of the Bianchi Law Group, LLC, handling criminal defense, domestic violence, and municipal court cases with a team of former prosecutors who fight the government when they charge their clients with crimes. 8 Campus Drive, Suite 105, Parsippany, New Jersey, 07054-862-210-8570. So you've come here for the truth. Well, we've got the truth and nothing but the truth. Two of New Jersey's well-known former prosecutors bring you real-life encounters and candid conversations from thought-provoking guests ranging from all walks of life. Here you will find how today's thought leaders in their industries faced immense challenges and adversities with captivating stories ending in personal triumph and ultimate success. Come here for the truth and to know your most important rights, the right to live a fulfilled life, and your right to be your own success. Here are your hosts, Robert A. Bianchi and David J. Bruno. Welcome to WMTR Radio, it's nothing but the truth with your host Bob Bianchi and Dave Bruno. Dave, I mean, we have been getting some awesome guests and, you know, a show about mindset. Every Saturday at 10.30, podcast dropping on Wednesday. I'm really loving it. You? Yeah, no, absolutely. And boy, do we have a treat today because we have our new attorney, Jorge Morales. From yeah, baby. Passaic County Prosecutor's Office, who was the head of homicide. And he's also retired from uh, the Army as JAG. And but but... Bob, first, this is the first, nothing but the truth, with our guest in studio. Welcome, Jorge yeah, Morales. Right. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here, gentlemen. Yeah, so um, actually, Dave, I, I know Jorge from my Hudson County days when I was an assistant prosecutor and he was in the probation department and, uh, you know, kind of split off after a while and I, I tracked his career. I knew he became an assistant prosecutor in Hudson County and then ultimately in the Passaic County Prosecutor's Office and moved very quickly to the coveted position. People, don't, you don't put the B team uh, in homicide cases and certainly supervising that kind of unit. So, Jorge, uh, welcome and, you know, always impressed and you know let me just start off a show about mindset but um you've accomplished so much in your career including the jag and the military piece i love that picture on our website right yeah. in your formal military outfit um very successful and we love your uh personality i mean that was like what the first thing that we do at the bianchi logo when we hire it's about personality first that's the first phone call what do you like as a person what's your temperature what kind of heart do you have Com commitment whether it's from the prosecutor's office we want to see if that's going to translate over to the defense side so tell us a little bit about why you did so many varied things and the struggles that you went through and how you overcame them in terms of either the prosecutor becoming a lawyer or the military well, uh, Bob, David, I, I actually came from Colombia when I was about 15 years old. I, uh, my first, uh, I guess, uh, knowledge of the law came through my uncle, who uh, actually retired as a judge in Colombia. And uh, I remember when he used to work for the, uh, uh, would be the Procuraduría in Colombia, which will be the prosecutor's office at the national level. So that got my interest uh, in the law. When I came to the United States, I obviously thought that the English uh, language was going to be a barrier for me becoming an attorney and whatnot. I joined the military. Pretty much I learned how to speak English in the military. Uh, 
Some can say that I'm still trying to learn, and, and that's great. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, eventually when I got out of the military, I uh, focused on trying to go to college and uh, become something of, of myself. Studied in the probation department, and uh, with that, I, uh, I studied in the prosecutor's office following my uh, clerkship with Judge Barbara Curran, the late Barbara Curran. She recently passed this year. And... Uh, I don't know. I uh, I was just determined to be a prosecutor because of what I had learned from my uncle, uh, because of my sense of justice in terms of uh, comparing it to what I had seen in Colombia in the United States. Uh, my uh, 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 ability to to uh, be on both sides actually came when i joined the military i became i was first a, a regular soldier a tanker but eventually when i became an attorney and i uh, switched to jag uh I, and just so everybody knows that's judge advocate general most judge of them, which is which is the the uh, legal arm right like the prosecutors and defense lawyers in in the army is the, the legal firm forces. that represents the the military right uh, and like you're like the, the tom cruise kind of guy Exactly, <laughs> except that Tom Cruise was actually JAG for the Navy, and each of the services have their own JAGs. Even the Marine Corps has their own their own JAG. Uh, the Air Force, in my case, the Army. When I joined JAG, uh, there came a time when uh, they uh, wanted to send me to a defense unit. I never thought in my life that I was going to be doing defense work as an attorney, uh, and but I'm like, okay, I'll go and I'll do it. Uh, let me see what that is all about. I honestly think that that was probably one of the best experiences of my uh, legal and military career, being able to represent the, those that defend America. I was able also to, to learn so many things about dealing with people, uh, looking at cases from different perspectives. Mm. I think that actually made me a much better prosecutor. Yeah, and, and let me interrupt that because I know that from speaking with you is something I was impressed with is it also makes you a better prosecutor because you really, when you get to the other side, not only do you learn legal things that are different, but you have a different perspective about clients, and I would imagine. And, and how did that translate when you became a prosecutor in terms of maybe having more compassion or mercy towards those clients? Well, I, you're absolutely right, Bob. One of the things that I learned in, in the prosecutor's office is that uh, there's definitely evil in this world, but there are actually, thank God, few evil people. And there are some that I have come across. But for the most part, there are a lot of things that are a lot of thing, uh, things that happen to people and they make mistakes and they commit crime. And some of those crimes are indeed terrible, but they're not necessarily evil people. Mm. So being on the defense side allowed me to see a different perspective, to, to analyze crime and, and mistakes and, and, and conduct from a different perspective. Uh, like you say, what it is that motivated these people, what it is that caused this, this crime or this conduct to occur, and the realization that behind the mistakes and the crimes that people sometimes commit, there is a human being, a human being that is subject to, to the pressures of life and, and, uh, and that is dealing with their own struggles uh, just like we all do. And yeah, it gave me a, a little more of dimension to that human aspect of, uh, of what we do as, uh, as lawyers, either as prosecutors or defense attorneys. Yeah, I, I just want to point out one thing before I toss it over to Dave. Uh, the, the, the fact is you retired from the Passaic County Prosecutor's Office 
and the military on the same day. I did. And literally, that we like, we need. Well, how much time do you need? I'll be in there tomorrow. And you were in our office the next day. And I want to rewind that back a little bit to something you just said. You talked about having come from Colombia and not speaking English. And you had the, the drive maybe from your uncle that showed you about prosecutors. But you didn't go into a hole. You didn't cry about it. You didn't sit there and say, My, I'm, I'm not going to make it. You actually made this bold move and went into the into the army so that you could learn English better and then wound up getting through college and then being able to apply to law school and getting through law school. And then you got a coveted judicial clerkship, which many people don't know is not easy to get. No, uh, tell me uh, that struggle. Was it was were you worried you couldn't do it or was your mindset like I'm going to do it? And it's just a question of how I'm going to get there. Well, Bob, I, I through my family and uh, uncles and aunts, they're tailors, they're politicians, they're, they're all kinds of things. I always learned that as long as you want it, you want it bad enough, all you have to do is work. I always learn about having that sense that there is nothing that can stop you other than yourself. Mm. And uh, I, I've been a firm believer on that. Uh, on that, uh, quite honestly, the English was my biggest obstacle to achieving what I wanted to do, because I never thought that I would actually learn it, uh, that I would understand it, and that I would understand it to the degree that it is required to be understood when you are talking about practicing law. Mm. Uh, and. Uh, but I, I don't know, I never, to me, the world can do was never part of my vocabulary, either as a child or as an adult. And having the support of my family, my friends, uh, was always very good. Uh, but, but even if I didn't have it, I don't know, I, I just never had that mentality of... Uh, being defeated by anything. Well, whatever you did, mm -hmm. you wound up getting a judicial clerkship, Dave, and he wound up becoming a lawyer, and he wound up retiring as a lieutenant colonel, So you, and now you're here. So you must have impressed a lot of people along the way, Dave. Yeah, no, I mean, and you're speaking our language, too. I mean, at the Bianchi Law Group, you just, you just touched a, uh, upon one of the three core values, which is compassion. I mean, as criminal defense attorneys now, we, we have to deal with people that are in trouble. At their lowest, they call us, their freedom's at risk, et cetera. And you know, Jorge, uh, we had one phone call with you, yeah. and Bob and I knew immediately that you are the right fit for this firm, literally. And it's never happened. Yeah, it's never happened. Usually we have a very extensive hiring process, and you got off the phone, you were like, you called me right away, I remember, and you're like, oh, this guy's off the hook. Absolutely. I mean, there was no doubt after that first call, and it's that, that experience um, as the JAG and on the defense side. Because, look, we're the team of former prosecutors. And at times, it's hard to find that same mentality, that mindset. Because prosecutors, they're responsible for representing the state and prosecuting crimes. And, and if they don't have that balanced approach and that understanding of mindset and humanization and mitigation, they may, they may not be the right fit for the Bianchi Law Group. But first call, we knew it right away we're so happy to have you on board yeah we, we got about a, you know a minute before we take a break but i want to address something that dave just said we were very impressed by your prosecutorial philosophy because prosecutors are not to just seek convictions they're to do justice and you were very big on making sure you struck hard blows but fair ones as they say under the law talk to me about that uh, yeah, I, I always believe that the prosecutors yield an enormous power, and and you gotta be judicious about 
how you wield it. And in particular, when it comes to prosecution, I think that uh, I definitely wanted to develop a reputation as being a tough prosecutor, but particularly being a fair prosecutor. Uh, my job as a prosecutor was not as an advocate, uh, except an advocate for the truth and for justice. And as such, my goal was not to get convictions, but to prosecute crimes under the law, under our rules, and and to be fair to everyone involved. Yeah, and that could mean, in some instances, based on the context, if a lawyer came to you and gave you the right explanations, you may say, you know what, I understand the context of that, and I'm not going to go as hard as I would typically with a case. Uh, so that's that was important to you to have good defense lawyers that were giving you good data, no? Absolutely, and being able to process that data, to accept it, and to be able to make that decision, again, when you have a case assigned to you, you're responsible for it. And if your supervisor gave it to you and say, this is what, what I want, and you came and found out that there is something that may preclude you from what they want, then it is your obligation to bring that information and to make sure that justice is done, mm. whatever that is. Funny, it reminds me of a situation when I was a young assistant prosecutor where I refused to do something that I felt was unethical and waited every day for months to see whether or not I was going to get fired, um, which I would have gladly gladly done. Anyway, Nothing But The Truth, uh, every Saturday at 10.30, WMTR Radio. Uh, WMTR Radio is Nothing But The Truth. We're going to come back on the other end with Jorge Morales and uh, part two. Right, Dave? Here we go. Absolutely. All right, stay see tuned. You. At the Bianchi Law Group, our team of former prosecutors and certified criminal trial attorneys specialize in criminal defense and domestic violence cases. When you need a law firm with courage, compassion, and the commitment to fight for you, call the Bianchi Law Group today. All right, welcome back to WMTR Radio's Nothing But The Truth with your host Bob Bianchi and Dave Bruno. So, Jorge, you know, we, we, we told you we were wowed by you. You know, Dave mentioned this kind of before. We have a very limited universe of people that we accept in the firm as attorneys, and, and they're all former prosecutors. Um, but not all prosecutors are created equal. I mean, there are some who are more talented than others, it was, you know, and, and have more skill sets. And that's not being pejorative, but to do what we do, to be on your feet in a courtroom, trying a case before jurors, all, many people think that that's what most lawyers do. Most lawyers don't do that, and they don't necessarily do it well. But um, I'm curious, we knew about your reputation. We knew you didn't become a supervisor of that unit because you were not good um, in that courtroom. But when we had that first uh, call, and Dave and myself were like, wow, you know, he's off the hook, Dave said. I'm like, yeah, no, he was great. He was hitting everything that, that we are, who we are. What were your thoughts? Well, Bob, I don't know if it's too much of a cliche to say that the feeling was mutual, but it was. I uh, honestly, uh, I had uh, looked at throughout the years, and particularly in recent years, about my options uh, following uh, prosecution, uh, the prosecutor's office. And that first call with you and uh, with David, it was it was amazing. I mean, I honestly felt like this was the place that I wanted to go. Uh, I don't know how you guys felt. Or you obviously said it a few moments ago, but I kind of felt the same way. I felt like this is the home that I want to be at when I'm uh, out of the prosecutor's uh, office. Yeah, we kind of kind of run it a little bit. Like my thought was, is we kind of run it like the prosecutor's office was a little bit, but we do criminal defense work. And now that you've been here, uh, what do you see that's different from what you know other law firms, defense law firms uh, are in terms of how they practice and what their mindset is? Well, one of your uh, uh, main uh, uh, goals here is to actually be compassionate. And 
when you talk and and we have the the morning huddles and and we have these conferences that I've been uh, privy to for the last week and one of the things I heard you say is how you would not mind exp mind expending some time an hour and two hours sometimes if you have to talk into a prospective client to only find out that maybe they cannot afford to hire us mm -hmm. but yet you are able to give that person a sense of uh feeling that they were listened to, that they were heard, that they were understood, and that the legal profession actually is a profession that is uh, uh, can be uh, respected, that, that they can be compassionate. Because as you indicated in uh, some of our conferences before, you know, some people will end up telling you that, hey, you spoke to me more time and, and understood me more than the attorney that I've been paying money to to represent me. Uh, to me, that was very important, and that was something that came across during that first interview. I, I, I thank you for saying that. I, I think we've been blessed for uh, I'm blessed to have this partner, Dave, and uh, being the skills we've had, our careers we've had, uh, paying it forward. Even if somebody calls up and says, "I don't have any money to afford an attorney," I know they're not going to be able to come here, but I definitely want to spend that hour, two hours with them to go over their case, or at least they hear what I believe to be a good lawyer, uh, so that when they're vetting the other 98,000 lawyers that are out there, they can tell. And it is sad. It is sad, Dave. We talk about this where many, many times people have been representing lawyers have been representing clients for a year, and they don't even know the charges filed against them, or and they're and the lawyers. Tell them to take a plea. I find that to be really sad. So I look at it as a public service. Thank you for recognizing that, Jorge. Yeah, no, I'm excited about everything we have going on here. I mean, I say, I say it pretty much every week on this show about this team of former prosecutors that we're putting together. And again, welcome, welcome to this team. I mean, we have a purpose here. Uh, we have a purpose to service clients, to help people at their lowest and be compassionate and get good results when we do it. You know, Jorge, what's your purpose? I mean, you wake up in the morning, we have a job to do, but is there a greater thing pushing you to be everything you are? I I just want to be the best person that I can be for myself, for everybody else, and I want all the people to, 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 to also get a feeling that uh, particularly the profession is, is one that they can count on for justice. Uh, One of the things that you mentioned earlier, Bob, and, and you also mentioned before, David, is the fact that competence is important. And uh, one of the things that I've seen throughout my military and my uh, uh, civilian career in the prosecutor's office is the fact that so many people are not necessarily represented by, by competent attorneys. And, and to me, that is important. And competence can be as little as making sure that you just devote the time that you need to devote to representing a client, mm -hmm. to learning their case, mm -hmm. to learning the facts, and fighting for that. I, I, I like to think that when I was a prosecutor, I fought very hard to represent the people of the state of New Jersey, and I want to do that now for people that may find themselves in trouble. I, and, and uh, you know, while many prosecutors, particularly the ones that, like myself, find themselves at the edge of retirement, think that they will never be able to represent a defendant or that it may be even kind of hypocritical to, to represent somebody that may be charged with a crime. But I see it as, you know, I know I was a competent prosecutor. I know I gave it my best. And to the extent that there are uh, people that need to be understood, people that need to be represented, 
I am willing to put that same effort to represent them and to be a true advocate because as a defense attorney, that's what you really are, a true advocate, which is different from being a prosecutor. Well, you just said about those who couldn't see being a defense lawyer. Now, you may not like the what the day in and day out is. You may not like having to travel to different courts. I, that I get. But the concept you're bringing up is this idea, like, how could you be, you know, a defense lawyer is the cancer, the very cancer that's in the criminal justice system. Because that prosecutor is not recognizing that they're not omnipotent. They're not recognizing that they don't know the whole history of the person. They don't even know all the facts of the person, uh, of, the, of the particular case. And they tend to put a blinder up. It's us versus them. And that is a problem that we confront. I'm asked all the time by many people, governors, law, what can we do for criminal justice reform? What they're not understanding 90% of the time is hire the right people that have been through this system that have the right mindset. When I was the county prosecutor, you would not be working there if you had a disparaging comment to make by the defense of the defense. Dave knows this for a fact. I welcomed good defense lawyering because it made sure that we were getting it right. Whether I agreed with them or disagreed with them could be a different point. And it's one thing to represent represent somebody as a prosecutor, representing the state, if you will, of course, very valuable, love doing it. But it's also another thing when you represent these individuals who are typically broken, mentally ill, addicted, usually living law-abiding lives, make a singular mistake, sometimes very tragic, to at least advance their point of view so that the prosecutor can come to a more reasonable resolution. Dave, I, I, that drives me crazy. When, and I, he's, he's completely right about that. A absolutely. It's an adversarial system. It's the only way that our criminal justice system works is to have two competent attorneys, one with a burden of proof, with constitutional rights like we have, with the right to remain silent and a presumption of innocence and a right to a trial, that this process works. And, and go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, Jorge, let me, let me throw this to you. In fact, we gave you a case this week. It's a big case. We know you can handle it. And you seem like you had a little fire about wanting to file some motions with the court because you saw what happened with the, and it's not to disparage another lawyer, what happened previously before we got the case that led to the individual being remanded to the county jail where they're waiting for trial. And you found stuff, put it together, read the transcript that went on in the hearing that led them to be detained. And you were like, you know what? I'm filing a motion for reconsideration. Talk to us about that. I mean, so, so there you go. Don't you, you're, you're writing a wrong. Absolutely, Bob. And, and I, I let me tell you, one of the things that you talked about is getting to know that person, trying to introduce that person. The prosecutor, for the most part, only sees the alleged crime and nothing more. And, and it creates a certain perception. Uh, as a defense attorney, and particularly in this case, I'm able to, to see many other things. Uh, like you say, the, let, let, let's, let's not talk about the 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 the. the same, but let's talk about the miracle. And in this particular case, I was able to find out that there were arguments that were left on the table, that there was information that was misrepresented and that was not corrected, and that there were assumptions made by the court based on that uh, lack of information and misrepresentation that I think yielded an unjust result. Mm, yeah. uh, and uh, being able to see that and being able to now file a motion to or, or going to file the motion to try to correct that run is something that really motivates me yeah. and you were talking about what motivates me uh dave and that's what motivates me a sense of justice a sense of correcting the wrong uh that is something that should motivate all of us yeah, yeah. amen and, and you're talking about commitment you, you said it before too about 
having uh, going through the file and making sure you cover it all and get discovery. Oftentimes, we have to go out and get things that aren't in the file through subpoenas and investigative work and et cetera, all right? So that commitment. And uh, I applaud your commitment on the cases that you already had. I mean, you've already shown exactly what we thought we were getting when, when you came to this team. All right, excellent. Uh, Jorge, we got to close it up because uh, we're coming to the end of the show. But uh, any final comments on anybody out there that doesn't think that they can become a lawyer, doesn't think they can do something, uh, doesn't think and the system's going to favor them, talk to us about it because you came from Columbia to the BLG. You made all that journey with all that stuff in between. Final thoughts? Well, the only obstacle to achieving anything in life is yourself. That's what I believe. And I think that if anybody wants to become an I'd love to teach. Uh, I've done it uh, and I love to mentor people. And uh, I think that if anybody wants to reach out and and ask whether or not you could do it, uh, I'm available. Uh, you know, send me a text, send me an email, and and I'll I'll try to motivate you. But really, the only obstacle is yourself. If you are a person of average intelligence, I just I think that anybody can achieve anything they want. And I agree. Amen. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right. WMTR Radio is nothing but the truth. Your host Bob Bianchi and Dave Bruno with our new hire, the excellent, awesome Jorge Morales. We're really happy to have you, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Good job, Dave. We're on Saturdays on the radio at ten thirty, but I know you want to tell us about the podcast that drops on Wednesdays. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we film video for every single guest and every single episode. So after it airs on the radio on Saturday mornings, we put it on podcast and the videos available as well on nothingbutthetruthpodcast.com, the Bianchi Law Group. You can find us everywhere on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and uh, TikTok. Did I hear TikTok? Bobby B. Uh, yes, R. Bianchi ESQ on TikTok. I'm D. Bruno ESQ. If you well. want to laugh, look at my TikTok and not laugh like when I'm putting out there is funny. Laugh at just the way it looks me trying to do TikTok. Yeah, it's a new platform. And look, anytime we could reach somebody that we may be able to help, uh, I'll put my attention in something new. No question about it. We'll see you next week. At Bianchi Law Group, they will guide you through their free consultation, laying down the foundation for your criminal defense with the right legal advice and team. Robert A. Bianchi Esquire and David J. Bruno Esquire are New Jersey Supreme Court certified criminal trial attorneys of Bianchi Law Group, LLC, handling criminal defense, domestic violence, and municipal court cases with a team of former prosecutors who fight the government when they charge their clients with crimes. 8 Campus Drive, Suite 105, Parsippany, New Jersey, 07054, 862-210-8570. The Bianchi Law Group, LLC, has prepared this concern for general information purposes. Nothing herein is intended to create an attorney-client relationship and shall not be construed as legal advice. The preceding program was paid for by Bianchi Law Group, LLC. The views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMTR. As always, it is advisable to consult a professional before making a major decision.